Hey guys, I wanna I wanna apologize real quickly about last last episode. We said that you know huge Comic Con, San Diego <laughs> Comic Con convention coming up with a whole panel dedicated to Godzilla. I thought we were gonna get some huge movie news. It's like two upcoming movies on the way. I was traveling Apple for series. work. I was traveling for work while Comic-Con was going on. And I was like refreshing my phone every couple hours. I was like, man, I cannot miss this Godzilla news. I'm going to have to figure out a time to come back yeah. and meet up with you and for us to record something. Record on Discord if need be. <laughs> what, do we, what do we get from that <laughs> little panel? Well, uh, I got to say there's some cool looking... Uh, action figures coming out yeah we got some action figure reveals yep some posters i believe oh let's go posters couple t-shirts oh probably like a sweatband or something i think that's all (laughs) Uh, if you guys want we can still do an episode on it to be honest we should have looked a bit closer at what they were actually doing because i think the actual panel was called like Godzilla, the future of collectibles. I saw come up after the weekend. Like, that name was a bit too showy for what they showed. <laughs> well, I'd be super pumped if it was the, the future of collectibles. This was like the the, the tomorrow of... <laughs> the yesteryear of memorabilia? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, in the, no, there was, there was like a pretty cool Godzilla figure shown there, right? Yeah, there's... There's some real cool ones. Make me jealous. I might need to buy them, but then shipping stuff over from America to New Zealand is going to be a small fortune. Uh, we do have a Patreon, by the way. <laughs> if you want to fuck, we don't have a Patreon. We don't. We, maybe we should for that very reason. But, I mean, in the week after Comic-Cons, when we got some pretty big news, that they started filming the new Monsterverse movie. Yeah, and we don't know anything about this yet. Nothing about it, but, I mean, little bits and pieces. We saw that the name that they're currently filming under is Origins. Ooh. So take from that what you will. And this is, sep- I, I mix this up, this is separate from another Toho Godzilla movie that's coming out soon that is an origin story set in the past? Well, we still don't know. I mean, there was that movie that Toho was hiring extras for through their official Godzilla app that was set in the past. But that could be this one. I Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We didn't find out at Comic-Con, that's for sure. But we found our two leads for that movie. Yeah. I or about or this. our one character lead played by two actors. Yeah. We got the Kurt Russell coming back. Absolute legend. One of your favorite actors. Yeah. Love the guy. Love all his um, movies he did with John Carpenter in the like, 80s. He's just all around great guy. And we got his son, Wyatt Russell. Who most of you Marvel fans out there would know from the recent Falcon and Winter Soldier TV yeah, he plays Disney Plus show. US agent in that. Yeah, he's like the anti-hero kind of antagonist. Yeah, but it's it's this rumors going around that they could be playing young and old versions of the same character in this Apple TV show. Or I mean, you said it'd be cool to have like a father son duo, but we'll I, see. Imagine that they're like a time hopping. I was yeah. gonna say it's time hopping Godzilla adventure. That's probably gonna come. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Although I gotta say. Why bother with a father-son duo when you have a brother-brother duo right here? True. Toho? Toho. Podzilla's right here. We've been waiting. Chick one, two. Mike's working properly this time. Yeah, it's good. Looks good? Wait, hold up. Yeah, we're good.
Yeah. Mics are working. Great. Good to hear. What happened last episode? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to think about it. Jesha got some pizza grease on his fingers. <laughs> and when he tried plugging the, the port in, it just didn't... <laughs> what an editing process. That was a fun, fun night. How long did you work on that for? I don't, I don't want to think about it. I was crazy by the end of it. But we're back, hopefully sounding a lot better for the... Podzilla season one finale. Oh Josh, this is it, baby. This is it. How long have we been doing this for? Uh, we, I think our first episode came out last year, July, but we were recording episodes and we had like a bank of them since May last year. Yes. And then even before then, I think it was January, February when we started getting this like um, podcast art and stuff sorted and designed. Right. This whole thing's been going on longer than a year, but like officially for- over a year. Our first episode, Godzilla 1954, released on the 21st of July. Yeah. So a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, a year ago. Yeah. We've come so far, dude. We have. From Godzilla 1954 to Latitude Zero 1969, baby. Man. What a great double feature that would make. The first and last. <laughs> Godzilla and then Latitude Zero. One uh, terrifying... Just horrible experience of some huge monstrosity that the people of Japan cannot mm. stop that's destroying them. A real visceral disaster yeah. in the making. Yeah. You see the pain they're in. You see them crying yeah. over loss. And then we get Latitude Zero. People in golden bikinis taking baths. The Wiggles with power gloves. <laughs> the Wiggles with power gloves. <laughs> I, I've said it a lot before. I feel like I'm overusing this term, like comparing these uh, Showa-era Toho films to Star Trek or Thunderbirds. The, the, or... This, this one is the most out of any. I'm not going to say that anymore because this is the one. <laughs> like, this is... If you put this on when I was a kid and was like, oh, it's just a Star Trek episode, I would have been like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would have been right this there with you. Star Trek. Yeah. I, it doesn't help by the fact that this is, we said the last episode, the first Toho movie recorded in all english yeah so even the japanese actors many of whom we've seen so far in these other films mm-hmm. previously they all learned their lines in english yeah so it just feels like a totally different vibe <laughs> you say they learned them in english but i'm pretty sure they learned them like they didn't know english they just learned them phonetically yeah so you get some of the performances where it's a little bit off but it, it totally is just a different vibe mm-hmm. which was an interesting watch a fun watch yeah but what was Latitude Zero, Micah? After Dr. Kim Tashiro, Dr. Jules Mason, and photographer Perry Lawton get trapped in a diving bell while on an underwater mission, they are rescued by the crew of the Alpha, a submarine that was launched in the early 19th century alongside its captain, Craig McKenzie. McKenzie proceeds to take them to Latitude Zero, an underwater paradise where all of its inhabitants live in peace. Not everything is peaceful, however, as McKenzie's arch-nemesis, Dr. Malik, wishes to destroy Latitude Zero using his artificially grafted monsters. Malik kidnaps a famed Japanese physicist, Dr. Okada, and forces him to watch as Malik creates a griffin using parts of a lion and a condor, as well as the brain of one of his lackeys. McKenzie and his crew infiltrate Malik's island base, free Dr. Okada, and force Malik to retreat to a ship where he is ultimately destroyed by his very own creation, the Griffin. Of all the visitors to Latitude Zero, only Piri Lawton, the photographer, wishes to return home. 
he is picked up by a US Navy vessel and discovers that all of his knowledge of Latitude Zero's existence has disappeared. Ready to resign himself to the idea that his adventure never actually occurred, the ship receives a message stating that a cage of diamonds has been deposited in his name in a safety deposit box in New York City. Alongside this news, the ship is also ordered to change course to Latitude Zero. That's not the theme from this movie, but this movie had a pretty cool theme. Yeah, that was... Yeah, man, this was this was a trip. This was a full-blown sci-fi, very, very 60s, 70s feeling adventure movie. There's a lot I didn't even touch on there. Uh, battles against ginormous rats. Yeah. Uh, at the end, I believe Perry, the whole crew of the ship that picks him up, is played by the same people he worked alongside within Latitude Zero. Should we start with the ending for once? Yeah. The, the whole adventure goes on, this whole movie. These three random leading men our heroes is an american a french dude and a japanese guy uh they go down and they're transported to this amazing mind-blowingly wonderful beautiful world called latitude zero they go on this crazy adventure take down the evil dr malik and his monsters yeah it's all very dystopian yeah and then perry decides to return the photographer he gets picked up by the ship in the middle of the ocean and then he sees one of his one of his friends, the Japanese guy that w- that went to Latitude Zero with him, has now has a mustache and is now a lieutenant <laughs> on this army vessel. The, and this was the person that he had worked. He was working alongside on his research mission at the start of the movie. Yeah, and then one of the guys looks exactly like Captain McKenzie, the captain of the Alpha that initially brought him to Latitude Zero. And wait, one of these guys looked like Doctor Malik, the evil <laughs> mad scientist dude, and. It almost feels like it's going for this massive twist out of nowhere that, mm. like, maybe Latitude Zero wasn't real. Maybe Perry was just dreaming up this whole movie, this yeah. whole adventure. It definitely felt like a setup to the classic dream yeah. twist. But then it's like, nope, he still has diamonds that he found in Latitude Zero. Those have been deposited in a safety deposit box for him. So it wasn't a dream Latitude Zero is real, but... People looking exactly like the people there yeah, are here. I, I feel like the ending would have been so much more effective if they just left it like that. But then yeah. they added that last extra scene in which the ship receives a message. Oh, there are diamonds here. Yeah. Go go to Latitude Zero for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just made the whole twist unnecessary. That whole end just feel real weird. That they're like, oh, maybe it wasn't real. No, it was. Never mind. End of the movie. It could have gone two ways. It could have been that it never really was real. Yeah. But then there was also a scene of uh, Perry opening his little purse that he chucked a bunch of diamonds in mm. and just, it just being full of dirt. Yeah. Which feels more to me, not that it never happened, but it did happen, but things have changed now and he's never able to like bring anything across. Yeah, because there's no way that people in Latitude Zero would have... I guess they might have been planning this the whole time and didn't actually then take diamonds back. Yeah. And, but Well, as well as the fact he brought his camera along... Yeah. And the film was developed and there was nothing on the film. But at the start of the movie, he was taking pictures of fish. So there should have been stuff on the film. Oh, you're right. But there was absolutely nothing. It's almost like maybe the start of the movie never even happened. Who knows? I I feel like that would have been so much more effective. (laughs) I don't know if like the Twilight Zone or those type of um, shows and movies were out back when this came out, 69. 
but it feels like it was very much going for that kind of thing just crazy twist that kind of blows your mind yeah. a little but doesn't really pull it off yeah but i appreciated it you know yeah not quite m night Shyamalan level but <laughs> nearly there nearly there i did also love the use of them saying the title multiple times in this movie <laughs> i mean they said at the end but as soon as the movie starts, it's it's also like one of the first lines yeah. that Captain McKenzie says, I think, when we find him is Latitude Zero. Like, great. It's great. It's it great. It's perfect. Uh, what did you think of our three leading guys? They've all got different matching sweaters, all a different color. I think their underwear matches the color of their sweaters. <laughs> yeah, they all start wearing <laughs> colored shorts and jackets, which is amazing. <laughs> so we have our kind of main American man here. Perry Lawton, played by Richard Jekyll. He's our American actor. Yeah, he, I think he's quite a well-known American actor as well. He was. I, I had a look in his um, filmography and he's in The Dirty Dozen, 310 to Yuma. Uh, That's a Western, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well-known one. He's in Starman, a John Carpenter movie that was made in the 80s, 90s. Is that the one where, I think you've told me about this, where it's like an alien comes to Earth. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. one. I need to watch that. Uh also alongside him, we have Akira Takarada. Uh, we know him well, playing Dr. Ken Toshiro. Uh, he's our Japanese man on the trip. Alongside him is Masumi Okada playing the French man, Dr. Jules Mason. Does not sound like he's French at no. all, but you know. These two actually speak their lines in English surprisingly well. Yeah, I mean, there's a few times with Akira, but he's actually doing a really good yeah. job. But, but I, I, I really like it because even though some of the English is a bit hammy at times... I feel like they still act a bit better than Perry Lawton does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Perry Lawton. Like, he, he's got his English down. But he's the type of actor that overacts in places and never... It feels like he never says his dialogue in quite the right way. Very of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Perry's character is so... <laughs> yeah, out of these three, who do you like the most, first off? Uh, I, like, hate Perry, but love him as well. <laughs> You know, like, is he the, like, biggest ladies man we've had in any of these movies yet? <laughs> yeah. At the yeah, start of this movie, he's, like, constantly hitting on that one doctor. Yeah. That's, that's a woman who's wearing, like, this gold bikini. And he's always like, oh, what's she wearing? Is What's what's she a doctor yeah. of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do doctors wear that thing here? And then later on, when they go to Latitude Zero, he, like, sees someone bump into someone else. Um, I think a lady also wearing a bikini and yeah. she drops her towel and he like rushes right up to her. He's in the middle of a conversation with the captain, but he rushes right up to her, gets like awkwardly close, picks up her towel and like wraps it around her. He's like holding her and then her partner comes yeah. along and he just runs back. <laughs> and the actor like, um, he's all right, but he doesn't play them off like in a kind of, um, what do you call it? Like romanticizing way. Yeah. And it's very bumbly. Yeah. yeah. A little objectifying. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. There's a bit of that in this movie. But, you know, I liked him. Yeah, I, I didn't like him. But the actor made some parts all right. Who's your favourite of the three? The Frenchman? The that's... Frenchman, baby. Come on. <laughs> it's unconscious for half the movie? Yeah. In the initial scuffle when they get chucked into the diving bell, he hits his head. He's in the infirmary for a good portion of the movie. But, you know, that's where he meets the Doctor, Doctor Anne Barton, played by Linda Haynes. In her first film role. First film role. Ah. And they hit it off pretty dang well. I've got to say. <laughs> she just falls in love with a patient almost instantly when he wakes up. Yeah. Holding his hand right there the moment he regains consciousness. And I beg to differ on a fact that you've thrown out in a previous episode. Whoa, okay. You said 
somewhere in some episode that there was only ever one on-screen kiss. Did I? Between actors. I'm fairly certain. Maybe it was the only on-screen kiss in a Godzilla movie. I feel like it was Godzilla. Yeah. I still don't know the reason why we're watching this as well. <laughs> I don't know how this ties into yeah. Godzilla. Ex- disclaimer, this isn't a Godzilla movie. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I swear in the background of a scene, they end up kissing. Well, there we go. Second in Podzilla history, is it? So, so is it... Is this a God- How does this tie into Godzilla? Well, I'll make you wait a little longer on that one. We'll get to okay, that when okay, we cover okay. the monsters later on. But the whole segment of this movie when... I mean, we should probably talk about Captain McKenzie mm-hmm. first. He is... I mean, we said those were our, our leading men, the three. But in reality, this movie is about Captain McKenzie. Yeah. It's about his ship, the Alpha. It's about him versus his nemesis, Dr. Malik. And both of these actors, McKenzie and Malik, are just... They're really good. Yeah. And they're they're really, really well-known, like, prolific American actors. Captain McKenzie is played by Joseph Cotton. Yeah. He's in, like, classics like Citizen Kane, The Third oh. Man, Touch of Evil. And then Dr. Malik is played by Cesar Romero, who's Classic. the Joker in the original yeah. Adam West Batman series. He's in the original Ocean's Eleven. He's in the original Around the World in 80 Days. I'm surprised like, they got him in for this. There's some stacked actors yeah. in this cast. Um, and it's weird to see them in a film like this, but they're all yeah. doing a really good job. And they, these two especially play their roles really well. Yeah. like uh, you, you likened it to Star Trek before. Uh, the Alpha, the ship they're on, it's like the original three crew get brought on. Uh, but then Mackenzie, he's like the Captain Kirk of this ship. Yeah. And the focus kind of shifts a bit more over to his side of things. I will say, Mackenzie's probably too old to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, well, what's he like, 204, 205? <laughs> Not even that, the actor of McKenzie <laughs> is like doing roles and action sequences and parkour. And I'm like, he wouldn't have been that old. This guy looks old. He's like 50 in this. Yeah. Late 50s. Yeah, but um, when McKenzie brings them in and first introduces them to Latitude Zero, I love the whole sequence. Mm. We just get like, I think most of the shots we get when we're just being shown Latitude Zero must just be art pieces that we're being we're being shown on film but we're seeing just different locations latitude zero with these like sideswipe transitions yeah, over them huge montages all these yeah, beautiful huge montage but it looks real cool and the music behind it just it's real like it's real different from what we've heard before kind of like harpsichord type stuff yeah it, it sounds like the you said it it's like the you know the Catan mobile game this is it's, real it's, specific <laughs> We during lockdown we got addicted to the Settlers of Catan mobile game. The, the the theme music when you open up that, <laughs> this is exactly it. It is, yeah. Some well, someone on that team watched Latitude Zero. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> uh, but the whole introduction to Latitude Zero when we see uh, our guys go and experience like how they make their food and how they eat. Yeah. There's like a different person who decides to be sh- sh- the chef of Latitude Zero that day because it's a hobby for them and they like cooking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool place. Like, the whole idea behind it is that you have all these real great, grandiose people coming from normal Earth mm. who decide to just go to a better place and start using their talents for the betterment of humankind. Yeah. Uh, and they re- make a real point of all of the population of Latitude Zero uh, they all like sticking to their own eras. So a good portion of them are going around wearing the outfits that were fitting to the time. So mm. you have people in Victorian garb, you have people in golden bikinis. Yeah. Uh, 
you have buildings which are based off like uh, old Victorian style. Old Victorian style. Old, you have castles. You yeah, have like. Yeah. It's just a really cool mishmash of all these different types of cultures. Really interesting concept as well, though, because they say politics isn't a thing. There's, they don't have any politics. Mm. But then they also say that race isn't a thing. Like, at one point, I think it's Puri looks at someone on the ship and he's like, hey, this guy's Japanese. What's he doing here? And then Captain McKenzie's like, no, he's not Japanese. I'm not English. We're neutral. So it's like this real interesting concept that, like, they don't talk about race. They don't talk about politics. They're just all there kind of working together. It's a real... Is the term idealist? Yeah, you, like a utopia yeah. of sorts. Yeah, but yeah, it's a hugely interesting yeah. idea for a place. But let's get back to the food. That's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so there's a chef, like a meteorologist is the chef in yeah. this movie because he just likes cooking. and He makes a huge platter. Yeah, they see all this food they huge can order. Spread. It's like caviar and prawns and meat. It looks so good. steak. Oh. People talk about the food sequences in Ghibli movies. No, 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 no. Food, food sequences in Toho movies, guys. This was something else. Did they even eat any of it? <laughs> I don't... They... I think one of them... They poured themselves some drinks. Yeah. They had a drink. There was some wine there. Some sake. Some sake. Like, but then also... Not, not some nuptial sake. Not, not nuptial Nuptial sake. <laughs> what episode was that even I from? I don't even remember, dude. It's been a season. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, we, we mentioned the diamonds. For some reason, like, you know how we, around offices and around buildings and stuff, we have plants in with, like, dirt or bark? Yeah, like potted plants. They've got just plants with diamonds, like, replacing the dirt. It's just plants planted in diamonds. They gave a reason for why they all wear gold. It's like they extract the gold and the minerals from the water <laughs> just because there's so much of it. Yeah. Why do they explain why they had diamonds just thrown about everywhere? I don't know. And then all these this crazy like next level futuristic gear they have. They have <laughs> the this, power gloves. The power glove, which they like you point this finger to have a flamethrower, this finger to have a laser. And then they also have to like what was it called? Was it immunity the bath of immunity? The bath of immunity. <laughs> the best sequence in film history. They all just get naked, go to this giant like sauna kind of or spa jacuzzi with green water and then they submerge themselves in it and then they're just immune to anything <laughs> right sorry this is a this was this was a genius scene right when they get out there's just a dude with a gun and just starts shooting at them <laughs> yeah and then and they're like, like whoa whoa we're getting shot hey, oh i just caught the bullet they're just immune to anything. They, someone tries to stab one later on and he doesn't get stabbed. Yeah, someone boulders tries fall onto use someone. a syringe and it doesn't go through. Yeah. Like, what is this bath? This is next level. <laughs> is it in the baths as well when we get the doctor, the lady? <laughs> she, 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 like, we don't see it. It's all silhouetted, but we see her taking her clothes off. And then this is real, like, it's filmed really strangely when it's like she's on a conveyor belt and we're just seeing her face getting closer to the bath. <laughs> yeah. Cuts to her in the you bath. You only see her shoulders up. <laughs> And then one of the guys, is it the French dude? It's the, no, it's, it is the French dude. It's yeah. the person she likes. Yeah. When, they, when it's time for the boy to get out of the bath, he's like, ladies first. <laughs> and then she makes them go first. She's like, nah, uh, uh. It's just a pretty funny sequence. There was a lot of like, there was a lot of good humor in this. I had a good laugh. It actually was. It actually was. What, who else should we talk about? What else should we talk about? I mean, there's Malik, who I feel like we haven't talked about a heap yet. Cesar Romero whose whole deal is 
he creates monsters. Yeah, he for the first portion of this movie, the first half, he's kind of just off in a side room with another actor, Patricia Medina, playing Lucretia. Lucretia. Uh, she's his... I don't know if they're... Lover, partner. I don't know if they're... Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're lovers. I think they're just working together for this evil mastermind plan. I don't even know what their plan is half the time. Yeah. Kidnap a dude to get back at Captain McKenzie. I think he's just trying to destroy the utopia. <laughs> he doesn't like freedom. He's just evil to the bone. But yeah, he creates... He's created like Batman. Yeah, well, well for the first portion, he's just watching. Yeah. These other two battle it out on their submarines. And he's also got this lady in a submarine that works for him that calls... He calls her his little one. Kuroi? Kroiger? Yeah, but... Something like that. More often than not, he called her his little one. That's so weird. My little one. My little one, can you do this for me? But she's... Like, she's trying to get with him as well. She's super the into the him. And just wants to get him alone in a room. But then... <laughs> she, she is the worst... Not hassling her, but she does have the worst English accent yeah, in this movie. Yeah, she's a Japanese actress, and you can tell she learned things phonetically, and just yeah. the way she says things is so, so off. She's on, like, a crew with all these other teammates, thinks that the, uh, the missiles from her submarine hit our main crew of the Alpha, and she's like, what does she say? It's like something real triumphantly, like, I don't want to be racist. I, I mean, in all honesty... I did not understand half the things she said. No. But, so. <laughs> but she was all right. She's the one who ends up getting her brain put inside this griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the monsters? Yeah. We, now, talk- now, I thought, okay. For some reason, I had in my mind that we were going to see Ibera. Why? Lobster of the Deep in this movie. I don't know. I think, I think you showed me a poster of a film. I think Space Amoeba. A movie we might we might watch later on it has like a crab in it, but it's not Ebra. I thought there was going to be a huge plot on of him of Malik Malik just creating a bunch of giant normal animals. I thought Ebra was going to be a. Uh, I thought Odaka was going to be in it because it would have made sense. Yeah, giant well, lobster, giant octopus. We have giant rats in this. Yeah, we do. Well, let's go through them bit by bit, because this will help you understand why we watch this movie in the first place. This is very much will it? Godzilla adjacent, alright? Okay. Let's start with the Griffin. Played by Haruo Nakajima, who usually plays Godzilla. Oh, my man. So he was the Griffin this time round, which was this human-lion-condor hybrid that Malik creates. Yeah. yeah. Cool idea for a Yeah, idea. pretty cool idea. I mean, it's it starts off just lion-size until Malik inexplicably has this, like thing that can make things grow huge it'll grow by at least three times in a few minutes yeah it does uh but the griffin is our godzilla connection okay so hold up i'm gonna get my big pin board out so there's godzilla over here on the left (laughs) the griffin on the right i've got my red string ready yeah exactly how is this all connected well actually all the monsters have connections now that i'm looking at it but let's start with the griffin Griffin. no to godzilla (laughs) Okay, okay. Alright, so Griffin has three connections to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I've got my three strings ready. First one is that the Griffin appears in novels. Prequel novels. Prequel Godzilla novels. Yeah, to the Godzilla anime trilogy for Netflix. Oh! So there are two prequel novels, Godzilla Monster Apocalypse and Godzilla Project Mechagodzilla. Okay. That the Griffin appears in. Is it related to... Dr. Malik, or... I don't know. 
Okay, first connection we've got Godzilla prequel novels. Second connection is that the Griffin was featured in the Godzilla Wars line of trading cards. There was a hundred trading cards in this Godzilla Wars line. All Godzilla monsters. The Griffin was there. Not a Godzilla monster. No. But <laughs> connects it to Godzilla, right? Okay. Last connection is that in the TV show, Godzilla Island. Is this with the puppets? Yeah, it's it's one. It's not the newest one, God's, God's Godzilla Band, yeah. but it's like done with action figures before then. In Godzilla Island, there is a theme song that plays in every episode. In the extended version of this theme song, the Griffin sings. The Griffin's name is said alongside other kaiju names. The Griffin's name. Griffin. Godzilla, Baragon, Gaikin, Griffin. Yeah, but like in the in the normal shortened version that plays on the episodes, not there. Griffin's not there. There's probably a whole lot of others that aren't put in, but and even though Griffin's not on the show, Griffin's named in this theme song, I guess. So that's why we're watching this movie, because in an unreleased extended edition of a theme song, in a, in a prequel novel, and what was the other one? <laughs> Trading cards. <laughs> Trading well, cards. I think like the prequel novels are a big deal. Like this that. is worse than the half human connection you had, bro. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold up, because the other ones connect back as well. All right, the giant okay. rats. There's big old rats that are in this yep. movie. They're just huge. They're, just, like, they're in a cave system. Start sewer chasing rats. Them. Yeah, a lot bigger than normal rats. They're like people sized, right? Which makes yeah. them kaiju. As we've seen, yep, even a slightly enlarged lizard counts as a kaiju apparently yeah now they also appear in the anime trilogy tie-in novel godzilla project mechagodzilla <laughs> so far these are just prequel novels but they're official, they count okay they're official yeah, yeah godzilla novels that these kaiju appear in okay third we have the batmen now they're not kaiju they're, they're not kaiju. No, they're classified as kaijin because they're kind of like people. No, that makes sense. We've talked about this. Yeah, so they're just like people-sized Batmen. It's funny that they're called Batmen and they work for the guy who played the Joker. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, they're kind of just this hybrid people bats. You didn't like their appearance because you said they look too much like people. They... No, they like where you'd usually put, I don't know, goggles on a person. Yeah. It's just like almost untouched human face. Yeah. Uh, you can see like a good portion of their nose and then their mouths are like lower than mouths should be. Yeah. But you know, their fight scenes was cool. There's a lot of wire work with, done with them where you could see the wires, but. Still cool. Still cool. Yeah. Now the Batman go on to appear in various Godzilla comics. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to wait talk for about it. a Godzilla movie. Wait for it. A single Batman <gasps> appears in Go God Man, the Toho produced kaiju show that features various other monsters from the Godzilla universe. Does it feature Godzilla? No. <laughs> You're killing think, me here. I think Go God Man features Manila though, so that's close. Go Go God Man. Okay, so we do have, is that it's Sander or Gyra? Yeah. Which I guess are Godzilla adjacent in the first place. Because they're related to Frankenstein, who's related to Baragon. Yeah. Who's related to Godzilla. 
But they're all connected, Micah. <laughs> and lastly, the last monster we have in this, I guess it's not a kaiju, but we have a condor. And it's not a giant condor, no, it's not we, a condoru. We've seen them before, though. But we've seen a, a condor before. Condors and Godzilla go together like peanut butter and jelly. Wait, so the one, you, the monster you're most happy with connecting to Godzilla is just the condor? Yeah, perfect sense. <laughs> uh, you're forgetting about the, the, the small lion. Ah, oh, before it's the griffin. Yeah. It's just a normal lion that they have played by a man in a suit. Well, I, f- I feel like that was the Godzilla actor. Yeah, Hyro. That, that's him, right? Yeah, that's him in the lion suit. Yeah. But there we go. That's how it's connected. Various monsters show up in various other properties or things alongside Godzilla. Okay. I think the big one's the anime trilogy tie-in novels. If, 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 sorry, this is, I'm going to go on a big side tangent here. All right. Uh, if we're talking about connections like that, if you want to start pulling in oh, the no. comics. All right. What's that other big Toho franchise? There's Godzilla, there's uh, King Kong, there's... I guess King Kong's not really Toho, but I think Gamera has some... Toho. Gamera. I hadn't learned a bunch about Mag- uh, not Maguma, Gamera before this. Really? Uh, never even knew who it was. I thought it was a Godzilla monster. Apparently, they're not connected. No, Gamera and Godzilla don't ever... Um, crossover objection jaysha i watched a youtube video reliable source well i mean we're not connecting (laughs) things via youtube videos no we're connecting it by toho officially produced stage shows i I think i've is this the stage show with like gorosaurus yep and manila manila's in this as well all right i can't remember the name but there is a show about godzilla versus Maguma. Gamera. Gamera. <laughs> They've all got the same synonyms, Jason. All right, well... So if, if, if we want to go down that track, Gamera is always op- open as an option. <laughs> all right. I think if we, we want to do the extended kaiju well, I think we'll have to now. We'll have to touch on Gamera <laughs> at some point, along with the old okay. King Kong stuff. Sorry, bring it back to the trilogy. Yeah, the, the anime trilogy. Yeah. You know? The, the recent Netflix... Anime trilogy. Anime trilogy. Big, big deal. And there's books, canon books, that tie into that trilogy, which feature the griffin and the giant rats. So, okay, how how those are connected, man? These are this is this is a Godzilla movie. You know, for prolific media such as a prequel novel to an anime Godzilla show, I'm surprised this hasn't got like hundreds of thousands of letterbox logs. (laughs) It needs to. More people need to check this thing out. Uh, Got a little bit more about the movie, so. Latitude Zero was actually based on a radio show. Yes. From the 1940s. And not much is known about this. I think you can find one of the episodes online. I had a quick listen earlier. Didn't was, listen to the whole thing. Was it one of those shows where it's like, you have like the person doing the sound effects? Yeah. It's like an audio novel. Yeah. It's, it's an audio drama yeah. radio show. Real old school. But yeah, it's about Captain McKenzie um, going up against his arch enemy, Malik. But the Alpha, the ship in this movie, was called the Omega in the radio show. Don't Ooh. know why they changed that. But the Griffin is a monster that appeared in the radio show. So they translated oh, so they brought it directly over. That's nice. Yeah. This as well, Latitude Zero was actually the last science fiction film that special effects director Eiji Tsuburiya would work on before his death sadly mm. he does go on to be credited in all monsters attack which was made again in 1969 i think but 
he wasn't actually involved in the production and it was just an honorary credit to him. Mm. So we've been seeing this guy's work throughout this last season of Podzilla. Yeah, starting with the Mysterians, I believe. I think even starting with... That's his sci-fi one, at least. Yeah, yeah, but starting with the first Godzilla. Like, he's been the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gone off and done his own thing, the Ultraman series and the Ultra stuff, which we haven't touched on as of yet. But it's a really, really cool career he's done. He just does amazing work that elevates and kind of makes all these films as memorable as they are. Mm. So sad that this is the last time we're really going to see his his work on film like this. Would he have been in charge of all the minis? I think that was, yeah, all the minis, all the creature stuff, all the suit stuff. Mm. Oh, the suit stuff as well. Man. He's left such a big impact on these movies. Yeah, so he's going to be missed, definitely. But there's still the other stuff he's worked on, which we might have to track down. Yeah, for sure. Um, lastly here, I just it's a real interesting bit of information, but this originally began as a co-production between Toho and an American television company called Four Star Productions. Oh, man. I wouldn't rate them too highly. <laughs> Four Star Productions. Yeah, they're not a five star, you know what I mean? um but this four star productions was a production company owned by a man called don sharp don sharp and after they had this whole american cast um they got all the actors and everyone together got them to japan started planning to film this movie don sharp the guy who runs this four star productions declares bankruptcy oh shoot and he pulls out of the contract with toho He's four star productions is just out of it and this they're is, basically the reason why this is an english movie yeah a big american production so toho was just left by themselves and they were kind of left with the decision do we scrap this um or do we just go ahead and produce it with only half the budget we would have had if we had done it properly with the american crew and they opted to just go ahead and make the film so they didn't have as much money um to make this as they would have liked and it was all a really messy like production, but they came out the other side, and I think it's a good movie. Good on them. No, I wouldn't have guessed that they had any deficit in money when making this. Yeah, but interesting that this ended up becoming just a Toho production, and it's all done in English and has so many American actors. Yeah. Like it's quite funny. Do you know if it was because I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now? Apparently, it had a budget of three hundred and sixty million yen. Mm. I don't know how much exactly that was, yeah. but. Uh, it made a 170 million yen return. It got just under half of its budget back. All right. Do you know if this was shown in Japan? I don't even know if it was shown like properly in America. Like it would have been real interesting to see how this came out. I do know that there is a Japanese version of this film that mm. uh, like redubs over everyone in Japanese because everyone's speaking English initially. Yeah. Um, I also think there's an international version of this film, which um, you saw before while we were looking up some information about it. and It's got like a, f- a little bit of extra footage. Yeah, so I don't know if that was shown internationally. Oh, it was also reissued theatrically on a double bill with the Mothra movie. The original Mothra movie? 1974. Interesting. Uh, now, this, is, this falls into such a weird situation where you have a prolific Japanese company mm. who makes a non-Japanese yeah or like a film that's geared not towards its main audience yeah it's gonna have some pitfalls along that journey but just so crazy that yeah you have so many prolific like really great american actors and it's directed by shiro honda like it's crazy (laughs) although it it, it will be such a cool opportunity imagine if you were a bigwig actor yeah you get approached by just some non-english director 
you're either going to strike gold. Yeah. Or, you know, it might not. They probably heard about Godzilla as well. Like, it, yeah. yeah it's a big We're deal. the makers behind Godzilla. A You'd sh- sign right on. Ashira Hondat is what I saw him <laughs> credited as in the credits. Man, they've done, they've done my man dirty too many times. Print down on a t shirt. <laughs> but that was Latitude Zero, everyone. I am going to be honest. Mm. I really, really liked this movie. Mm. I found it a little hard to get into. It's it's really interesting because it feels like it's a movie in two parts. The first part is these three men getting brought to Latitude Zero and just learning about this world. Yes. And that's really slow. Not much happens. It's just all kind of spectacle instead of like intense action-packed adventure. Yeah, like spectacle world building. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the second half of this movie, which is all these people teaming up to go and raid Malik's base, which is you have crazy submarine fights, crazy Batman battles and like monsters being created. Um, them using all this crazy technology and trying to save this Japanese um, scientist. And I, even though that the tone was a bit inconsistent and it was a bit slow to get off, I really, really enjoyed it. I, it just brought me back again to things I watched growing up. Almost my like personal taste in movies, just really creative, really out there, adventurous things with like a really cool cast, really great world building, and just a fun, action-packed adventure i don't really know what more to say about this but i enjoyed it i see why a lot of people wouldn't um things have there's a lot of things that feel like this movie that this movie feels like and there's a lot of things better um there's a lot of things that have done kind of what this movie did but better but for what it was i really liked it i'm gonna give it four out of five golden bikinis I thought you said 4.5. No, 4 out of 5. Huh. 4 out of 5. I loved it. I think it's right up there with like a lot of Toho's other sci-fi stuff. It's just more creative. More like unique. Yeah. I really just loved the idea of Latitude Zero. Like this Bermuda Triangle, Atlantis mishmash of different like lore and artifact, archaeology. I, don't, no, I, I totally it. feel you, dude. What did you think? Okay, no, I, I think I echo your thoughts. We liken this a lot to Star Trek. What I like about especially the earlier first seasons of Star Trek is that a lot of the episodes were just going into these new places. Uh, only half the episodes were really action-packed. Mm. I have very fond memories of some episodes, one in particular where they go to a place like Latitude Zero. It's just a place where everybody's peaceful. Yeah, No violence like is allowed. This reminds me so much of that. I, I do quite like this movie, and I think because it has a bit more time to flesh out places like that that we aren't able to do in some of the other movies where it's much, much more focused on the kaiju and the action that's happening, it gives it a bit more time to breathe, mm. which I really love. A uh, bit of world building never hurt anybody, and I think they do yeah. a real good job of conveying that. And even though there's no real build-up to a huge kaiju spectacle fight, I feel like it doesn't really need to. Yeah. It's not that type of movie. And that's completely fine. It's a bit of a palate cleanser mm. after the past few ones. Yeah. I'm not going to rate it as highly as you. Fair enough. But I'll give it a, a three. I think it's really good, especially for a movie where the kaiju, the little bit are, uh, adjacent to the movie. All right. All right. And support it rather than being the leading lights. Three golden bikinis, eh? Three. 
three golden bikinis. Yeah, no, I get it. Like it, it's it's very cheesy. It is very campy, and it's very much either your thing and the kind of thing you like to watch yeah. or not. Like this isn't Godzilla nineteen fifty four. It's a whole different <laughs> avenue. Interesting that it's the same director. It shows like the the amount of range he has and the kind of different things he can yeah he can direct. We got a couple of you guys who watched this for the first time alongside us, which was pretty awesome for you to do. Ron wrote, the story was ridiculous, the pacing was slow, the performances were hammy, the costumes were gaudy, the effects were cheesy. It was a lot of fun. And he gave it three out of five golden bikinis. I agree with that. I feel you. Yeah, it's that's spot on what this movie's like. Yeah, it's, it's not at all a great blend of these things, but it's yeah. still good. Yeah, it's still good. Do we have someone else? Yep, we have Kiv. On Letterbox, three stars, three golden bikinis saying, I had a lot to say about Ken Levine stealing ideas from this film for Bioshock. That's mm. a game series where I feel like it has the same premise. Similar kind of utopia. Underwater utopia oh, wow. city. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw the Internet Archive's list of topics for this film and had to share. Latitudes, longitudes, sci-fi, science fiction, submarines, griffins, lions, birds, Cesar Romero, Joseph Cotton, Richard Jekyll, Deep breath. Underwater worlds, rats, bats, poison gas, betrayals, currents, oceanography, oceanographers, <laughs> radiation, serums, radioactivity. Uh, goes on to say, if that's not an accurate review of this film, I don't know what is. Fantastic creature designs. Can we get Griffin vs. Godzilla now, please? <laughs> and Cesar Romero, forever my joker, is just superb. Spot on. Yeah, it's a crazy, wild ride of a movie with so many things in it. Was, was there poison gas in this movie? There's that random... Oh, man, I didn't even talk about the sets, but there's that, like, set piece that they're on with the rocks and the poison gas that the, like, rats are running through. Mm. And the rats go into, like, the acid lake and kill themselves. Yep. But... <laughs> they've like, all got jetpacks in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much more to talk about in this movie. Yeah. I'd honestly recommend you guys to watch it. It's worth checking out if you love sci-fi. Yeah. And just love campy Don't Don't even get me movies. started about the woman on the trampoline. <laughs> that woman in the golden... Just doing backflips in the background. costume. Yeah. Oh, man. What a film. What a way to end Podzilla Season 1. Oh, man. Is, now, this, is this it? This isn't it. This isn't it. We're going on break for a little bit. Jaysha, I can't live without Podzilla. When is my next fix? We are back covering another movie. I believe it's All Monsters Attack, one that you've been looking forward to, <laughs> on September 28th with episode one of Podzilla Season 2. Okay, that's that's like a month and a half. Month and a half away, but we are still going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. Uh, next... Wait, so we're taking a break, but we're not taking a break. <laughs> we're taking a break from covering movies, um, and we've got some exciting new, like podcast artwork to share and changes to the format of the show and new things that we're going to bring up so we're just giving ourselves a little bit of time to get all that stuff ready to go for the next season end of september but we're still going to be releasing episodes they're just not going to be our usual format covering a movie talking about it so in a bye week we're going to be doing our first of two episodes when we're going to rank all monsters oh my gosh we're going to be talking about all the kaiju that we saw in films throughout this first season of podzilla and we're just going to come up with respective lists and rankings of these things and we're just going to talk about our favorite kaiju how, how are we doing this is it like a tier list like these are the c tier monsters <laughs> i don't think so we'll, we'll we'll have to have a talk about it after this but we'll come up with a 
we're each going to come up with separate lists and we're just going to kind of I, I feel like we should i feel like we'd have, we should have tier lists go through kaiju by kaiju and place them all right we'll see that's a good idea we're going to be releasing two of those rankle monsters episodes then we're going to be releasing an episode just talking about the changes to the show what we're going to be doing with season two and then we'll be back with season two Godzilla all monsters yep. attack and also i hear that we're doing a little episode in the middle there as well where you're actually doing an audiobook of the godzilla anime prequel novels right uh uh yeah. was that in our calendar was that in our notes yeah i've, I've booked you in for like the nine hour long recording <laughs> session you can't back out now uh i'll have to um we'll have to change up some of our plans and some of the things we want to do yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see um but honestly thank you all so much for listening to this crazy little godzilla podcast yeah it's, it's like i've been looking at our stats in the discord and it's so cool to see how much we've grown i remember our first episode getting like 10 listens across the first few days or so and that was amazing to us yeah and now it's grown so much and we're just so thankful for all of you yeah it's crazy this little thing that we were kind of just going to do for us to be able to relive our childhood a little bit have some fun um it's grown into this awesome community and this thing we actually really love doing yeah. we love all you guys engaging with us thank you all so much to all of you who've been watching along and been sending us messages and feedback and joining our discord community like you said if you're not in the discord already jump in the link's in our show notes because it's going to be the place to be um leading up to season two we're going to be sharing bits and pieces uh yeah the discord the manila fan club yeah as i believe it's now we've rebranded it. it used to be called the drake bros but it's now the manila fan club a worthy title uh yeah. in there you can find in prep for next season there is a google docs forms yeah where you can tell us your thoughts about the show what you've been loving you can talk about all that in there yeah uh, i think I'll, I'll chuck the link also in our show notes to make it easy for you guys if you don't want to join the discord you know, <laughs> why wouldn't you why wouldn't you but yeah you can really... also talk about this sorry i just i just want to showcase this episode's art again <laughs> tell us how much you love it i thought we we're going to be going the whole episode without talking about this art um this art of the griffin was done by our podzilla intern manila yeah <laughs> that's all <laughs> we found him on the side of the road and he needed some cash yeah so we thought hey who better to hire on to the team <laughs> yeah so manila did this art it wasn't it wasn't anyone it wasn't one no, of no, no only positive thoughts and comments for him yeah please like he need, he's gonna become something great yeah yeah yep <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think that is the show that is season one Again, just from the bottom of our hearts, thank you all so much for listening. It's been it's been a heck of a year. It's been fun. Whew. And we're going to be back bigger and better for season two. Dude, I can't wait to see how you all appreciate the new art. Me and Jaysha getting new looks. Cassie Celine, a kid night has just blown it out of the park. We've, we've got new podcast art, some new assets. It's awesome. Have you see my jacket in it? My jacket. Oh, fantastic. The Godzilla design? Oh my gosh. We I am shouldn't pumped. be talking about it yet. We shouldn't be talking about it. You guys will see it next month. But yeah, see you guys end of September for season two. But we'll see you in two weeks to just talk about Crazy Kaiju with us. Yeah. Huh, what do we do now? Do we sing the Mothra theme song or something? <laughs> <laughs> Let's open up season two with that. Oh no, we don't want to stick to that. Oh no. 
That's been Podzilla with your hosts, Jaysha and Micah Drake. Follow along on our socials at PodzillaPod and jump into our Discord via the link in the show notes. Huge thank you to Cassie Celine who did our podcast art and Degora9898 who did our episode thumbnail. Let's go. And just a disclaimer that any musical sound effects used in this episode belong entirely to the Toho Company. See you guys next episode.